are, when you know what you want sexually and you know who you are and what your voice is, that impacts every other part of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, so really all the different parts of coaching impact everything. How you do one thing is how you do everything. to another installment of the Little Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Cooper, and today I have for you another interview from my Thankful Tuesday series. We sat on her porch one rainy day in Athens and talked, Rachel Grab and I. Rachel is the owner of Fig Life Coaching here in Athens. Fig stands for Fierce Inner Growth, and the ideas behind those initials are why I wanted Rachel to be a part of the series. You see, Rachel works with clients on a wide variety of issues, since she is a relationship, life, and sex coach all in one. At the end of the day, Rachel is helping people feel better about their relationships with others and with themselves, and I speak from personal experience in saying that's a powerful gift. Please enjoy my open and honest interview with Rachel Greb of Fig Life Coaching here in Athens, Georgia. Fig Life Coaching came about, the name, um, it was my mom's initials. Mm-hmm. And she passed away a few years ago. And my mom always taught me to color outside the lines. That was one of her big things. So it was like a tribute to her. Yeah. The fig, after I looked at, the, came up with using initials, the fig uh, represents abundance. And it has the flower on the inside. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking like all the beauty comes from the inside or mm-hmm. the growth. Um, and then my hashtag became fierce inner growth. So it's this whole idea of like people who feel lost and quieted and they don't know their next step or where to go or things have happened that made them feel quiet and not enoughness is my thing is and find that fierceness again and, and and to me it's a messy growth it's not this pretty unicorn sprinkly growth it's messy it's hard it's also a lot of fun i try to make it fun so that's a lot of my clients so i also work a lot with relationships and sex coaching so how did you get into being a life coach i think i've like always been doing something but i've had a lot of different career paths. I was a special ed teacher. My focus was autism, and my research was on yoga for kids with special needs, so I did some yoga and then left the schools and started a yoga program, and in that, a lot of my clients I worked with had, like, anger issues, and so we worked on, like, a little bit of coaching during that and behavior issues and, and all of that kind of stuff, and I did that with my students. And then a few years ago, I was like, I really want to work with girls, more with girls, and, and so I was going to be a one-time thing, started a girl empowerment group called Strong Girls, which ended up becoming a small business, and then we mm-hmm. became a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and then I was voted out. Oh, no. It's okay. Right before COVID. It was all for the good. I had wanted to leave, not because I didn't like what I was doing, because of the person I was working with. Yeah. Um, happens, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a marriage, and yeah. if it goes bad, it goes bad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um... I was also doing yoga and group therapy with my friend who's a psychologist, and that started out as a girls' group. I mean, we weren't trying to grow that or anything, but started as a girls' group a lot with disordered eating, social anxiety, some self-harm, and that morphed into a, an LGBTQ-friendly group, and we had a lot of people who were either transitioning or questioning, and 
it was a really cold and then COVID, so that stopped. Yeah. Um, once everything held up, I'm like, what do I want to do? And I'm like, I've always had this thought of life coaching. And then there's that little part of my brain that's like, hey, you were also a yoga teacher, and that is the most, like, stereotypical thing to do. Oh, I'm a yoga teacher and a life coach. And I was like, ugh, I don't want to be that person. Oh, I thought about that during yoga, too. I'm not that kind of, like... I'm not that soft voice yoga teacher, like everything's beautiful and good. That's just not me. Yeah. Um, but I started doing life coaching and I, I looked at my own background, like my, because of things that happened to me. Yeah. I had such low self-esteem growing up. I developed really young. Yeah. Really young. Yeah. I had all guy friends before that and then, you know, I'm a girl with boobs with a bunch of guys and I never liked my body. I had disordered eating. I ended yeah. up having couple sexual assaults and had a chronic illness. I'd end up stage four endometriosis and for years I didn't, didn't know what to do with me or what it was and I was, you know, labeled a drug seeker in hospitals because I was always in the hospital. Um, at the same time I was living with an addict. Um, and there were good times between that and, and then it finally like everything just went to crap with that and after like Getting through, I mean, I'm still have pain, and I've had eight, I had eight, seven or eight surgeries in seven or eight years. It was a oh lot. My gosh, yeah. yeah. And they were, it was all in my mid 20s to early 30s, I think. Yeah. I, it's like a blur, like, I don't really remember that part of my life. Yeah. Um, and then, like, everything that happened with my ex, and he stole everything from me, like, all this rebuilding I'm doing, and I did a lot of work on myself and worked with a lot of coaches, and, yeah. Um, and that's kind of where that happened. So I decided, my first thought was to be a health coach mm -hmm. because I was, you know, so I did a program that was health and life coaching for certification. And the more I was in the program, I'm like, I don't want to do health coaching. Yeah. Like I liked, you can do that with life coaching, but I didn't want to focus on that. So I, I started working with clients and kind of figuring out what I really enjoy doing, yeah. what part of coaching I like and what like. I want to focus on or my niche or niche or however you say it is. Yeah. And been like paring that down more and more. Yeah. And what does that look like for you today? So right now, my, most of my clients, we work with confidence, anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety, confidence, mm -hmm. not knowing, like feeling lost. Relationship and sex coaching, what does that look like with clients? So it really depends. Like relationship, a lot of my clients either want to date, have had bad relationships, don't know how to do, don't feel comfortable with intimacy or... I've always been someone who's like all about the other person and kind of lost themselves in a relationship, mm -hmm. whether it's through their own doing or abuse or control. I think for women, this doesn't go for my mouth, but for women, there's always been a lot of taboo talking about sex and being open about sex. Yeah. And pleasure, especially the pleasure part. Like we're supposed to, you're supposed to have sex to have kids, but like it's yeah. more than that. Yeah. And when women talk about it openly, it was like, oh, that's, yeah. you know. The thing is, too, like, once you start talking about sex and, and you dive into, like, self-pleasure, especially, and even if it's, like, soft touch, like, that could be, like, on your hand. That's, yeah. a, that's an act of self-love, which becomes a, can become a sexual act for yourself. But once you have that power and strength in yourself and you really know who you are, when you know what you want sexually and you know who you are and what your voice is, that impacts every other part of your life mm -hmm. you know so really all the different parts of coaching impact everything yeah and you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything yeah was there like one thing that you would say really helped you find your voice I thought at first looking back I'm like oh it was feeling good after being sick for so many years and I'm like no it wasn't because I still have shame or not shame but like 
still doesn't feel good. Like, the, the times I was told I was a drug seeker or just get pregnant, and I'm, like, I'm 27 years old, I don't have a steady job, like, I don't tell me to get pregnant, it doesn't even make the disease go away, but, like, yeah. I was often told that, or, like, I'm faking it, or I have an STI all the time, I'm like, well, I haven't been having sex, so, but, yeah. okay, test me for anything. And I thought it was that after that, and then I thought it was, like, oh, it's my past and everything that happened that made me strong. I'm like, yes, and if I left my ex, he disappeared for a little bit, and during that time I realized he'd been staying in, like, really shady like place went to go to the bank and every single penny of mine was gone and more mm-hmm. and i and i didn't leave because i wanted to necessarily like I, it wasn't safe there were people from like that were living in the motels that were now at my house people knew where we lived yeah and but and when i first left him too it was hard and i had so many struggles but it was like i kept him in my life because i was like he's always gonna be in my life in some way but yeah. i think it was finally cutting that off mm-hmm. and like living on my own I had roommates in the beginning like figuring out things for myself and really and and when things didn't go well with my business or they weren't going like I I stood up for myself I also did some stand-up comedy which also gave me a big voice to be able to get up there Um, I have a podcast as well which is just a fun and I've had a I had a different before and that was all known and my podcast is funny yeah it's not meant to be taken seriously and we talk about sex a lot yeah and that's how I got voted out of my girl empowerment group. Was because you had a podcast that talked about sex? Yeah. One episode we talked about, like, people that enjoy dressing up. And, yeah. Right? And I mentioned schoolgirl outfits being a big thing. They are. Like, empowerment means standing up for yourself when you know you're right. Yeah. And also, female empowerment doesn't end up not letting people bully you or self-love. Self-empowerment, the next level, is openly talking about sex. And yep. that's what I believed in. So I talked about blowjobs. Like, that's a natural, it's a part of life. That was, like, a big thing. Like, I didn't, I held my ground. That was, like, a really big one. Like, I, because in the past, I probably would have yeah. been, like, you know what? You know, walking away from things. It took me 15 years to leave my ex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from looking back at the beginning, like, yeah. God, I should have left so many times. Yeah. And that wasn't my own, like, it wasn't, like, I had this powerful moment of walking away. It was, like, oh, my God, everything's gone. And yeah. I don't feel safe. I have to walk away. Yeah. But this was like a moment of like, oh, I am not backing down and I'm not going to do what you say and I'm not going to just stop doing something I love because you are afraid of your own sexuality or you're afraid of mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know? And that was a big moment. Yeah, that's powerful for you. Yeah, that's that's some fierce inner growth right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think makes Athens so kind? You know, I moved here on a whim been a long time now. I moved to Georgia, Florida weekend the year I moved. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was a quiet, it was dead, you know, like no one was yeah. here because everyone was in Florida. I, I, I mean, I got a job right away, and, but I made friends very quickly. Everybody was so friendly. Everybody was open. I think with all of my businesses that I've had and little things I've done, everybody has been so open and mm-hmm. the community has really helped a lot, supported a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big thing. The way that I think people, like, even that I'm not necessarily, like, great friends with, if I needed something, mm-hmm. their support, I really felt that during, um, when lockdown first happened, and I, at that time, I didn't have, the one business, but I was still doing yoga for kids and going mm-hmm. into schools, and, mm-hmm. of course, that all came yeah. to a close right away, and, you know, when I was, like, having a few moments where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, and the job that I thought I was going to take over, like, you know, also fell through because of COVID, and I was just like, well, 
I don't know, all of these parents and families of kids I taught gathered together to, to like, either try and make classes happen or they did a little fundraiser. And I think that was really, I think there's a rallying around that. I think something that is, I mean, and, of course, football is so unique to Athens. I know there are other college towns, but mm -hmm. the way it's here, like, there's just this, like, when you walk around and you're wearing something Georgia to Georgia game or, like, after we win, like, everybody is so, like, happy to be together. I feel like there's a lot of support in this town. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's things on the flip side that are, like, that need a lot of work. Yes. We do, we do have some structural issues that we could get fixed, yes. Yes. Athens is really a, such a unique, big community, and they believe in community for each other. So, like, I think that's just what makes it so different. What is your favorite part about life coaching? I get to meet so many people from all over. I have right now. My clients are not in Athens at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, which is cool. Um, and of course, like that means I can be anywhere and do yeah, this when I want. Nice. Like um, that is a wonderful thing. And to see their growth, like you can actually, they might not see it, but I can hear it in their voices. I can see it happen. I can see it in their responses. Yeah. And there's so much connection with your clients. There's so you know them so well. And because life coaching is different than therapy, mm -hmm. um, which therapy is also great. Yes. I mean, fantastic, and they work really well hand-in-hand. Hand. Mm -hmm. But I also get to share a lot of my own experiences and, mm -hmm. and what, you know, what I do in yeah. those situations I think is really great. Also, I just get to, you get to talk about anything. Like, it's amazing yeah. when people feel comfortable and start looking me up to you, the things that they can share, and that's where growth and change happens. Because, you know, when you think about any... Anybody, but, like, when you think, let's go back to addiction, so I'm thinking about my ex. When you go back to, like, there's so much hiding and shame and, and keeping mm -hmm. secrets, mm -hmm. and those secrets keep you where you are. Yep. And then the people who are around you also keep your secrets. And so there's this whole mm -hmm. thing of learning how to keep secrets. People keep things inside, and mm -hmm. people who may not have what looks at it as, a real, as an addiction, there's something going on, there's an underlying yeah. issue. There's mm -hmm. secrets, there's shame, mm -hmm. and hiding, and that just mm -hmm. keeps us all stuck. Yep. And when and not saying you have to go tell the world like, hey, did you know that I had disordered eating and I'm doing this? It doesn't mean you have to tell everybody. No, but, but when you, you find can tell safe you people, should, yeah, because yeah. mm -hmm. some people aren't safe to tell those things too. But no, but like there's this great exchange and this opening and and, and sharing it, and you get to see. And then when when other people that you're working, when people you're working with start to grow and feel more fierce and, and really believe in themselves and, and stand for themselves. That shifts to them helping somebody else without even knowing it because the way they present themselves to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's a great reminder too that, which was hard in the beginning, that as a life coach, my life doesn't have to be perfect. I try my hardest, and mm -hmm. but things will happen. I think that's a good reminder because just because we're working on this fierce inner growth doesn't mean every day is going to be great. Yeah. That's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. But it's how we deal with it comes up when it comes up because mm -hmm. it's going to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We have that adversity that we face, and it's about how you get through it, how you thrive from it. And I really like what you do because I think you're showing people, like, hey, you can take these really bad things and make them good. You know, like, even the way you're talking about things, like, with Strong Girls, with how that happened. You know, I am sorry that people treated you that way, but I appreciate that you were respectful in the way you talked about them. You know? Thank you. Like, and that's something that matters. I mean, that's a kindness to people. And I point that out because I think we can always be kinder to each other. Yes. How do you think we can be kinder on social media, for example? Because I think that's tricky. There's, I think there's different parts to it. I think one thing we have to remember looking at somebody's social media mm -hmm. is that we're seeing highlights. We're not, yeah. most people don't put their flaws out there. No. Um, 
I try not to make the perfect thing, but like there's no such thing as perfect, but I try and let to let go of something like I don't like the way that angle and put it up there. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one thing. I think also remembering like we're you know, I think people forget that there's an actual human being they're saying mean things to. Yes. And they're just trying to get the things out. And where it comes back to really first it's two things. Like, the one thing I've always said is, like, what's wrong with society? If you can take it down to one word, and I know it's a bigger thing than this, but what's the biggest thing? It's respect. There's, like, yeah. so much lack of respect for each other, but also for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, same thing with, like, kindness. If, if you were kind to yourself, how could you be out there on social media with these strangers saying horrible things? Mm -hmm. So, if you can say that to a stranger on social media, imagine what's going on in that person's head yes. all day long. Yes. And how, Yeah. Well, and I really just think that they're lonely at that point, too. Yeah. I really like what you're doing because I think kindness is kind of part of your mantra. Um, like, from what everything I read, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's doing a great job with that. I mean, I've seen a lot of kindness in the groups that I've run, kindness to each other when they um, felt different or they didn't understand each other that. and then were able to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, I think kindness in teaching about differences, you know, when when my group yoga group therapy when it was an lgbtq friendly group like not everybody you know it was it was a mixed group mm -hmm. and not everybody had the same experiences or had the same understanding mm -hmm. of issues within lgbtq groups or pronouns or how do you, how mm -hmm. do you use them and i think having discussions about it and, and finding a way to not make the, make anybody feel bad in the situation like you yeah. know sorry for saying it that way i didn't know but also explaining in a way that's not in your face, like angry that you yeah. the pronouns were used wrong. I think that goes a long way. I think just like the the simple like sometimes a kindness can be just a hello to a stranger at a store. Like you never know. Like someone might might, might feel so overlooked that day or feel mm -hmm. so down, and just a hello, or even just an acknowledgement, like looking at somebody. I think sometimes we look past people. Yeah. So to let somebody know. That they are, that they are there. I love the stories too in sporting events mm -hmm. when it's a race, but then someone fell and they went and yes. like and put everything aside and um, then helps the other person so that they can cross. Get, yes, those are my favorite. I love those too. Well, and those are those are moments that are like they they really are small little decisions. Like that's why I named the podcast "Little Decisions" because it's about you know those choices we make. Those in those moments that really matter in us yes. being kind to each other. And the big yeah. thing I try to talk to my clients about, we're not trying to make these huge changes in one day because that's yes. impossible. Yes. And that's why sometimes I don't see their changes because it's these little needle movers. It's these little things mm -hmm. that become the big change. Yeah, it's baby steps. Mm -hmm. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't. And, and baby steps is exactly because then if you watch a baby that's trying to walk, they take a step, they fall, mm -hmm. they might cry a little, they might laugh. Whatever it is, and then they get back up, and they keep moving, yeah. and, it, and the toddler that's walking doesn't now think about the baby steps. No. I almost called the podcast Baby Steps, because that's, like, that's, my husband's always talking about those, like, just make it little tiny baby steps. And I'm like, I know, I'm trying to, but <laughs> little decisions sounded better, so I went with that. <laughs> One thing to know about life coaching in general is to find someone you connect with. Yeah. There are a million life coaches. There's all different price points, just because you're spending, you know, you could spend $10,000 a month way down less than that and and there's good coaches all in between there it's finding someone that works for you coaching is not therapy i am here to hold you accountable mm -hmm. i am here to be your biggest cheerleader mm -hmm. especially when you don't want to be 
I'm also here to give you a little kick in the ass when you need it. So it's not all rosy and, you know, yeah. pom-poms all the time. There needs to be, you know, accountability in that. And that's the things I'm here for. I'm here to hold space for you. I, it is a completely judgment-free zone. Good, yeah. Anything you say, I mean, you know, the one thing is, like, if you're talking about hurting yourself, that's a different story. But yeah. If, but but yeah. as far as, like, don't be embarrassed to talk about anything sexually. Don't be talking, you know, to talk about, yeah. like, your thoughts. Those are the things we have to get out of our head to really make the changes. Yeah. So everything is confidential. It's a completely safe space. Mm-hmm. Again, I try and make life coaching fun. I am not a very flowery person. I joke and... And not in an unkind way, but, you know, I'm more of a step on the flowers than smell the flowers kind of person. <laughs> not in, like, an unkind way, like, I don't want to hurt the flowers, but just yeah. I'm more of, a, like, a... You're just maybe, moving. Yeah, yeah, you're moving so fast. And yeah. maybe it's my northerness. I have this, like, I grew up in New Jersey, and I've been in the South longer, but, but it's this, like, different way of going about things. I'm not all yeah. roses and unicorns uh, and it doesn't mean it's unkind it's just my is my approach. it matches your fears and your growth yeah. yes it totally and, matches and it's just me and i think also someone has to know about my life coaching style if you have a problem with cussing i would not be the person for you i try yeah. but that's just not i say it as it comes out of my mouth um i think also my life coaching what i offer outside of our sessions mm-hmm. we text there's constant communication yeah yeah, which is good. If there's an emergency, mm-hmm. please message me. Mm-hmm. I offer um, complimentary calls in between, so not like an hour long, but if you need a, a quick 15-minute, yeah, you know, you just need something to get you through the day, we can make that happen. Life coaching is really about, like, when you're ready to make changes in your own life and you don't know how, when you're feeling stuck. Like, a lot of the stuff is, like, once you start doing it, you're like, oh, this feels kind of simple. Simple, not easy, right? It's like a simple, yeah. simple not easy. Yeah. But if we could all do those things on our own, we'd all be doing them on our own. Yeah, we exactly. We need somebody to help we us. We need that cheerleader to help us and that, that person to kick us in the butt when we, yes. when we can't do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Rachel Grab of Fig Life Coaching. If you would like to get more information, you can go to www biglifecoaching.com or follow her on Instagram at biglifecoaching. Pineapple with care.